Hello, everybody. This is Andrew Harris. I'm here with Andrew Decker. We're talking today. This is Texas Criminal Defense Podcast. Andrew, what's up, man? All right. So this is our pilot. Uh, we have never done this before. Uh, we started this out basically as a, what do you want to do? Hey, you want to try to start a podcast? And because we are two criminal defense attorneys, we decided let's start a podcast on criminal defense particularly in the state of Texas where we practice. That's right. I mean, we, we talk about it anyways, right, all day long, every time we're together. May as well record these conversations, right? Right, exactly. So so we're two friends discussing a topic we hold in common. Uh, we like hanging out. Uh, so we are professional attorneys, but you will find very quickly we are amateur podcasters. So hopefully the podcasts get better over time as we learn. Uh, but now at this point... Uh, I'm ready to hear our first pilot episode. You? Let's get to it. Yeah. All right, let's give it a go. Good afternoon. This is Andrew Harris. I'm here with Andrew Decker, and we're talking today about Texas criminal defense. Andrew, what's going on, man? Well, Andrew, I understand that you had a motion to suppress this morning um, on a on a on a cell phone issue. That's right. That's right. So uh, my guy. Um, the cell phone, the evidence found on the cell phone is, is crucial to the state's case. Uh, the cell phone was seized from his home without a warrant. Now, the detective later on got a search warrant for the contents of his phone. Okay, so hold on. So we're not talking about a uh, seized phone that they opened up without a warrant. That's right. So where's the issue? Where's the warrant issue? So the... The issue is the phone itself was seized from my client's bedroom without a warrant. My argument was without probable cause, without uh, exigent circumstances, and it did not fall within um, the public view doctrine, which uh, the police could use that as another exception to the warrant requirement. So it was kind of interesting the, um, the officers are at my client's house very early in the morning, like 6.30 in the morning. Um, that is early. Yeah. The, uh, my client has no idea what's going on. Um, he invites them in to his house, but he's not dressed. He's just in his underwear because he, you know, guess what? He just woke up. Uh, and he, he goes back. He says, hold on a sec. I'm going to go change. And he goes he, back to his room. Okay. So he wants to get dressed for the day because... He's got people in his house. Well, now he has guests. Uh, right. uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll call the officers guests at this point. Yeah, yeah. If they, you have guests in your house at 6.30 in the morning, uh, you think that putting on clothes is a reasonable uh, option. Right. Hanging out in your drawers uh, with some people you don't know may not be appropriate. You know we're from Texas because we use words like drawers <laughs> to describe Underwear. Do we know uh, if there are boxers or briefs? Th- they were a combination of the two, boxer briefs. Okay, all right. <laughs> it's important facts to know. So, again, how do we get to a phone? Yeah, so there was a, an, an allegation made that he was recording somebody and he shouldn't have been recording them. They were saying, hey, I, that they were using a phone, they woke up, there was a light in their eyes, um, the other person said this. The other person, yeah. Okay. The, let's call them the complaining witness. The injured party. The injured party, yeah. Allegedly. Right. And, um, and, and so the officers go to this house knowing that uh, they're going to be 
they're going to be getting a phone, or they have evidence that there was maybe something recorded on a phone. They're not real sure what kind of phone. They don't know the the type of phone, iPhone, Android, nothing like that. They don't know the color of it. They don't know the dimensions of it. If it's a tablet or a phone, they're just operating off of this one vague statement from uh, this injured party. Who says that they saw someone recording? What did they? What no, did the injured party say they saw? Yeah, not even that. Just that they woke up to a light in their eyes, and they assumed from that that my guy was recording them. Well, what if your guy just wants to be able to see because it's dark? That's what I brought up. Okay. I said it could have been a flashlight, right? It could have been. We don't know if that was an LED light or an incandescent bulb. It was a light. And right. any number of devices can create light. Some people's phones light up if they're ringing. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure people who are listening to this are like, you guys are just such jerks. But it's really important <laughs> to get this stuff out on the record uh, so that the people who are reading and grading the papers later on down the road, like a court of appeals, uh, understands what exactly we're talking about. Right, and, and as defense attorneys, we know that often our papers are failing grades regardless of how well we write. That's right, So without a doubt. So it's, it's very important to make sure we've got good facts, not just good facts for our clients, but facts that are accurate to the event. Right, and it's very important in this instance uh, to get out exactly what the detective knew or was told or had learned through his investigation. So just making an assumption from the stand like, well, yeah, uh, the defendant, uh, whomever, was, um, was recording um, with a phone, well, that's, that's a huge assumption. I mean, that is a big jump to a conclusion. It right. could have been, it didn't have to be a recording, didn't have to be a phone. It, it really could have been anything. Um, and so we, I think, were able to bring that out, that the, the detective did not know for sure if he was dealing with a phone. He didn't know for sure if it was a phone, what kind of phone it was, if there was a recording on the phone or not. Um, and if it's the phone in question, right. even if it is a phone. That's right. If, if, my, if the guy had multiple devices in his house, we don't know that. If it was one in his car, if, you know, if he had tablets, if he had anything else, really. Um, so they why, made an so, assumption. So let's back up just a little bit. Why did the officers go to his house at 6.30 in the morning? What were they there for? Yeah, they were investigating a sexual assault. Um, there was the, the injured party uh, made an outcry that she woke up to my client having sex with her. She woke up because the light was flashing in her eyes. So they knew that my client, uh, they knew his name, they knew where he lived, um, and they were on the look for a phone, for that evidence that, that could prove one way or the well, other. Well, did, did, they, did they announce that they were looking for a phone, or were no. they just looking to talk to him? Oh, they were just there to interview, uh, to interview the, the, the accused in and this they, case. they had not spoken to a neutral magistrate, had they yet, uh, Andrew? No, 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 no. And, that, and that's another thing we talked about. Like, there was plenty of time before they got over to my guy's house to go and write up what they knew at that point, get a search warrant for the home. Uh, and if they did so, we, we would not have been contesting the seizure of the phone at that point. Um, you know, like that, getting a warrant from a magistrate kind of clears up a bunch of questions and issues. Uh, right, because that would be a uh, Fourth Amendment issue. Correct. That uh, basically no, no property can be searched or seized 
uh, without probable cause as illustrated in a search warrant, correct? That's right. Okay. That's right. All right. So, so constitutional issues, big, big stuff. Big time. Thomas big Jefferson time. kind of stuff. Yeah. No, I, that's, that's absolutely right. I mean, there are certain exceptions to the warrant requirement. I mean, obviously, we default to requiring a warrant. Um, but there, there are some exceptions, notably the, uh, you know, if they can, um, claim what, uh, public view, um, exigent circumstances. And you usually see that with like, whenever there's contraband that they're concerned about being destroyed, um, being tampered with, um, having that evidence just no longer available later at trial. Um, but a phone is not generally considered contraband, is it? No, no. A phone by itself is not considered contraband. Okay. So, again, they're there to interview a guy, and they knock on his door. Mm-hmm. Does, he, does he say, come on in? Uh, well, so it, it's kind of interesting because he does. He, he like, he's like, well, hold on a sec. I need to get some clothes on, but he leaves his door open. And then the officers kind of call after him, like, well, can we come in? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. So the officers, you know, I think any normal person would take that to mean, come on in, but wait in the living room, right? Uh, if, if I've got a salesman at my door and I'm in like a bathrobe and I'm like, yeah, sure, come on in, but I'm going to go put some clothes on, that salesman then is not uh, allowed to follow me into my bedroom and watch me dress, which is what happened here in this case. Yeah, that would be awkward for everyone. Everybody involved. And it was extremely awkward for my client. You can tell from the video. But in the officer's defense, if they believe there's evidence that he might be destroying, right, they might want to follow him to make sure that he's not tampering yeah. with evidence. Right. So if they have some credible evidence that my client may destroy something um, pertaining to this case, but it's important to note the police um, cannot justify that warrantless search, that intrusion into your life on the basis of exigent circumstances of its own making. So just because they have some notion or they think like, hey, you know, uh, items on a phone are easily deleted, one, everything that on your phone that's deleted can be recovered. For the most part. Right. That's it's called, a, it, they do that in a, what, what you and I know is to be a phone dump. Yeah, right. They, they plug it into this, to this machine. Um, it's very expensive, very high-tech machine. It can recover. I love high-tech machines. I know, I know. Fancy terms. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> I, think that, I think that's in the, in the legal term, in the case law. Um, but they can recover recently deleted items. The officer testified to that. Yes, I know that the machine that we use can recover recently deleted items. So there's really no concern there. Um, and then obviously they did not have any other evidence besides his own suspicion that this is going to be, um, that this is going to be destroyed. And I think that's just such a convenient suspicion to have. You don't have a, um, well, had, had any they, credible evidence to back that up. Had they told your, your client um, at the door, hey, we're here investigating a sexual assault, or they say, hey, we have something we need to talk to you about. Yeah, that one. I mean, so they, they eventually they get there, but they're like, well, we just have some questions for you. And he's like, um, okay, let me, let me put some clothes on. And then, and then they let him, you know, he let him in. They walk back there. They see the phone on the floor of the master bedroom. So they had not alerted him to their, to their exact reason 
until as after. he was going back to let's say put on some jeans and a t-shirt. Right. So if if let's say that your client uh, might have also and I, and I we have no reason to believe this, but but let, let, let's put it let's put him in a guilty conscience somewhere. Um, uh, ha- has 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 a couple of ounces of marijuana, not quite two ounces of marijuana. He might want to go flush that down the toilet, but that's not why they're there. So even if he if he tampered with that evidence, that's not what they're looking for. Right. But that could get him in trouble for tampering with with evidence either way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So. so yeah. So they so they eventually wind up in the living room talking about the case, and my guy's like what are you guys talking about? And I'm like, well, what'd you do this evening? Like, um, I went out for some drinks. Like, okay, where? You know, like, I mean, try to be as specific as possible. And he's like, can you just tell me what's going on? And it goes back and forth like that. Like, I don't want to tell you, you don't tell me. Yeah. Right. Well, what are we really doing here? Mm -hmm. Um, and finally they say, well, there's been an allegation of sexual assault that, that, um, you know, the girl that you were with said you had sex with without her, without without her consent. And, and so we, you know, they just kind of get into the story that way. So eventually they do let him know what's going on. The kicker is they, at some point, my guy wants to go smoke a cigarette on his porch. He asks both the, the detective and the officer that's with him to step outside. And while they're exiting the door, the detective says, hey, can I use your bathroom? And my guy says, hey, yes. And he Because it's now like seven o'clock in the morning. People need to pee. Right, right, right. Morning coffee time, right? So uh, my guy says, yes, absolutely. It's down this hallway, points with his left hand, to the left side of of his house. Uh, Second door on the left is where the bathroom is. Feel free to use the bathroom. We'll be outside. I'm going to be smoking, okay? So he's given the officer permission to use a specific room. Correct. And basically directed him how to get there, and then you would presume how to get back. Correct. Okay. Yep. And in the, uh, in the officers has a body cam, the detective has a body cam on, um, you see on the body cam video that he, the officer, the, the detective does not even make it to the bathroom. He turns abrupt fa- about face, 180 degree turn around and walks very quickly. No, wait him. a second. Th- th- there's something important here. Uh, uh-huh. Andrew, the officer lied. Yes. Yes. And and often I don't know about you, but often I have clients that go the off the 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 officer lied to me. Yeah, and yeah. that's that that's completely permissible, correct? It is permissible, but if incredibly, but it if, is. But if your client would have said, "I went to even a different bar than the one that he actually went to," that would be used against him in court. Correct? Absolutely, yeah. It it would have been probably like incredibly damning for our case if he's okay. lying about who he's with, where he's at, anything like that. He's not. He's not mm. lying about any of that when talking with the officer. Um, but the but officer lied. The officer lied, yes. And didn't go where he had consent. Right. Huh. Okay, That's continue. Right. So he does an about face, right? He, he makes it, doesn't even make it into the bathroom. Um, thankfully, I'm, I'm, him I'm going glad to the, we didn't catch that on body yep, cam. Exa- That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, walks to the opposite end of the house. So we're talking through the living room, through the kitchen into the master bedroom, walks over to where the phone, this, this phone that he saw earlier, um, was laying, unplugged it, took the charger and the phone, and never gave it back to my client. In legal terms, seized He seized the phone. Evidence. That's right. Well, we don't know that it's evidence yet. Well, he seized that phone, 
Right. Right. Yeah. right. yeah. And at some point in time later, then files a search warrant for the phone. Um, but the, as they say, um, the, the taint, it was not attenuated enough, I, I think, in my opinion. Some, some people call it fruit of a poisonous That's tree. Right. That's right. Um, okay, so, so let me ask a couple of questions, a couple of follow-up questions. Um, the, often we have clients who, who lose their phone to the police Upon arrest. Yes. Sure. Your client wasn't arrested that morning, was he? No. Was he even taken into custody? No. Was he detained in any form? Well, I mean, other than having the officers there in his house and he can't get ready for work, but no, he was not, like, lawfully detained. It was just what we call um, a a, um, consensual encounter, if you will. Right, because it's always consensual when an officer comes in. 6.30 in the morning. 6.30 in the morning, that's always, it feels very consensual. Right, right. It feels like you have a choice. And in fact, when my guy is putting on clothes in the master bedroom, he turns around and he sees, he actually walks further into like his bathroom area so that he can have some privacy. I mean, at that point, he's got one uniformed officer and one street clothes detective uh, with guns, with body cam, basically saying like, sit down, we need to talk, you know? Uh, he feels, I, I imagine that he feels like he does not have much uh, room to wiggle here. He might feel detained. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, but most people in that situation feel detained, except for, I think, the, the courts. The courts just don't see it that way a lot of the time. Right, right. At some point, we'll talk about my wife being the most reasonable person and how she answers these questions Exactly like the Supreme Court, it's kind of creepy. Um, uh, we'll bring in witnesses on that as well if you want. Yeah, um, yeah I think we will need some. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Um, so so basically, they have uh, an injured party who says, "I think I was being recorded without my consent on a phone, based on a bright light in my face." They know that whoever the other, that, that, that if there was a recording, it was by your client. Right. Within a few hours of the, of the alleged injury, the alleged sexual assault, they're at your, your client's house, 6.30 in the morning, and they see a phone. Correct, yeah. And they take it. That's right. That's right. So If, if I came into your house and did that, even if I thought your phone had pictures of me, you know, uh, doing something that that I'd find maybe embarrassing, or without, or maybe was taken without your consent, right? Like right, invasive right. visual recording or something like that. Right, right. Um, that would be theft, correct? Oh yes. And and if I remember correct, correct me if I'm wrong, because I know you're a legal scholar. Um, according to the Texas Code of Criminal Procedure. Illegally obtained evidence cannot be used against you in court, correct? I mean, that's, yes, that's right. That's right. And that's, that's what we're basing, I mean, we're, we're, we're asking the court to keep that evidence out because it is illegally obtained. I mean, if there's no, if they're seizing it without a warrant and there's no probable cause, it's not, it doesn't apply or it doesn't fall under the public view doctrine and there's no exigent circumstances, then there's no exception to the warrant requirement. All right. 
Very cool. So yeah. how do you, when, when will you find out, or how did it turn out for you this morning? Well, you know, tomorrow is, uh, is a holiday. It's, it is um, in front of Judge Craig Towson, very good judge here in Parker County. Um, and, uh, and so we expect a ruling back sometime next week. But a lot of times, uh, Andrew, I know you, you understand this, that the judges don't make a ruling right then and there. They need some time to digest the information. I had a brief... Um, for the court to uh, to read uh, with the with the case law that supports my argument, the state had just handed over a number of um, of cases. Um, one was unpublished, which I thought was interesting, but uh, the judge wanted some time to digest that information, um, go over his notes and the record from uh, from the hearing today before he makes a ruling. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that turns out, um, and uh, we'll we will uh, I'm sure have more search and seizure. Um, discussions in the uh, days to come. I hope so. All right. Well, thank All right. So, Andrew, that was our first uh, podcast, our pilot. Um, have you gotten a ruling on that motion to suppress? Yeah, we, the motion got denied by the judge, but, you know, it was an issue that had to be brought up. It's an issue that I, I think the judge made the wrong decision on. Um, I think I was right in the law. But frankly, um, a lot of times, you know this, we're raising issues uh, to so that our client, you know, if it doesn't go our way in trial, has something on appeal that he can write about. Um, and that, that's really important, uh, no matter if we are, um, uh, if, if we end up with a, uh, with a victory or not. And we're also just making sure we zealously advocate for our clients. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I want to be able to tell my client we've done absolutely everything we can uh, to defend him in this charge. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us pretty much to the end of this pilot event. Uh, you can find us at TexasCrimDefense.com. You can yep. find us on iTunes. Uh, like us. Subscribe. Um, how else do they... Just leave us a rating and review, um, and our contact information is on our website if you want to uh, learn more about us or reach out to us in any way. Also, next time on July 15th, as we drop these on the 1st and the 15th of each month, I, Andrew Decker, will be interviewing uh, my comrade, Andrew Harris. That's right. So you can know a little bit more about him. We will see you then. Thanks, y'all.